0: She reached out, I play an Asian man in a film and I wanted to know if it was all right. I'm not some kind of Asian notary public.
1: The human body, it's like a defense in football. You gotta take what the defense will give you. And when my body would give me 30 drinks a week, I took it. Hey. Hi. Oh, hello.
0: That's Lucia. What? That's Lucia.
1: I mean I accept your accept your word on that.
0: She's a good animal. She's really sweet.
1: I mean, you're lucky. I'm a look. See, you know who the animal's friend is. Lifetime Peter board member since the '90s.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah, I remember when Peter was just like uh, you know we'd have the annual gala to raise money, and it was like you know. Eight people, you know, and mm-hmm. like the, the couple of the, James Cromwell was always like the stalwart who was there at the beginning. Pam Anderson, but yeah. it was now it's like the Oscars, right? You know, I mean, it's a real sh- <laughs> show with lots of star power because yeah. uh, you know who doesn't like animals?
0: Well, the big one that I remember was the um, the one where Paul McCartney was there.
1: Paul McCartney, of course, I'm sure the biggest funder. Yeah. Uh, I try to do my part, but I can't <laughs> compete on that level. So what is this dog's this name? This is
0: Lucia Katerina.
1: Now, why did you name it that? Well, it's, I mean, it's,
0: <laughs> it's Lucia is light. She's a light, the light of my life. Really? Katerina. Uh, I can um, see
1: why you like her. She's adorable. She's adorable. She, yeah.
0: She really wants to say hi to you.
1: I can see. She well, really the dog can, can... You, you want to be on my lap, I don't know? Yeah.
0: Okay. She's like really, tr- really right. trying to get to you.
1: I see. Now this looks like an S and M kind of a thing. It's very,
0: but- it's it's very badass. It's Hello, very, grandma. um, it's barbed wire. She's very cool. All
1: right. No, no, not on the first date. I don't do any. No, no tongue. All right. <laughs> she, <laughs> I can see. She loves they always me. want to get that tongue in there. You know, and they're very sneaky about doing it. They're like they're like Ali with the jab, you know. You don't see it coming and the next thing you know the tongue is in your mouth. Oh no. I know people who like kiss their dogs, like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) not not, say not in a pervert way. No, not nothing weird. They just they just fucking French kiss their but they do and that's it. I mean, I love animals, but that's a bridge too far.
0: It's a little bit much. I mean. <laughs> it's much, but It doesn't
1: I, seem to hurt them, though.
0: She's very, she's just very affectionate.
1: I can see. Does this, this goes on all day like this? Mm-hmm. See, that would. She'll uh, calm down in a she'll second. She'll come down, right. Now, she's never going to, like, take a shit on me, right?
0: No, 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 no,
1: no. <laughs> Okay, because I'm totally not into that. I mean, forget about the kissing. I mean, the coprolagia, whatever. Coprophilia. coprophilia,
0: Coprophagia is when you want to eat it.
1: When you want to eat it. I don't don't mess with the naughty place.
0: And no anal? Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Ever? That's the naughty place. Is it naughty? There are reasons. uh, We shouldn't talk about it, but I I know you're a sexual, um, what do you call it, Omna um, An omnivore? Oh, yeah, omnivore, omniv- yeah. You, I mean, that you've covers tried, it. You've, you've, you've availed yourself of the entire Ad- banquet.
0: Adventurer. Right? Adventurer.
1: I mean, men, women, farm animals.
0: <laughs> Not <laughs> animals, but uh, I definitely think um, anal sex is a really, it's a new frontier.
1: I don't think it's new. <laughs> I think the Romans were doing it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I think they did it. Look, people will eat anything and fuck anything. That is the bottom line on people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anything with a a hole, they'll go for it. It doesn't even have to be human. It doesn't have to be alive. Mm -hmm. Men will stick their dick. I mean, it's, it's odd because the dick for us is like such a delicate part of the body you'd think you wouldn't put it in a vacuum cleaner no matter how good you thought that could feel and yet every year there are <laughs> there are many stories yes. of men who have accidents and lose their penis sometimes through <laughs> sticking it in appliances of uh, I mean it's just it it blows my mind but yeah. you know hey different strokes huh mm so what, what's the weirdest thing you ever did? Like, what would you think of all these experiences? The,
0: not ever, uh, uh, well, not ever enjoyed, but did. There was a guy that liked to lay, light my leg on fire. Come, so he would put antibacterial gel on my leg, and then he would light it, and then it would just burn off of my skin. It was very, it was, it, it was like very magician <laughs> kind of like,
1: you know, yeah, that so kind of thing. It is. It sounds exactly like magician.
0: It's like that kind of um, feeling. But it was, uh, oh. I think it was related to BDSM. Like it was related to What's some that? kind bondage? Bondage, um bondage and Domination. Bondage, domination, submission.
1: Submission.
0: Um, masochism, that kind of thing. Right. But it, I, I couldn't find a way to be turned on by it.
1: But you let it happen. I
0: let it happen because it was. A few times? Yeah, because I was like, oh, this is.
1: Because other than that, he was a great guy?
0: Every Everything <laughs> deserves a, a good try.
1: Um, can I ask what you liked about this guy? Like, what was the compensating factor that made you go, okay, he wants to light my leg on fire, but boy, you get him on the Donbass region, and he is good. I mean. Re-
0: I liked him. He was handsome, he was a nice man. Handsome. He, was, um, he was. Shallow hussy. Yes. Uh, For sure. He was uh, really interested in BDSM, which I am as well. So we met... Did you
1: meet through that community? Yeah, we met
0: um, at a dungeon.
1: At a dungeon?
0: And we (laughs) sparked up a nice conversation, and we sparked up a nice relationship. And then he was very into it. But he he didn't have actual sex ever. So that was the thing that turned me off. Like, he never wanted to put penis in vagina. He only wanted to... Light my leg on fire. He wanted to um, do, like, he was very good with ropes, so he's really good at, like, putting me in different positions in the air, which I think is really great. Um, But I just didn't like the performative aspect of it.
1: But what, what? How did he get off? I mean, so did, when the when the leg caught on fire, did the dick get hard? Was that it? I'm presuming. So I don't need. need you presuming? Weren't you there?
0: Yeah, but it was. I was not uh, able to like touch it or even. But you ex- you couldn't fra- see. I mean, I, I was kind of far. I had a blindfold on.
1: You had a blindfold <laughs> on. Oh, of course. <laughs> Sounds like this guy was very ashamed of his cock. He you, you didn't want you to see it. it was maybe. Thing.
0: But also maybe also like he just was sexual in a different way outside of what we think of as, like, penis-vagina sex.
1: Yeah, he's a fucking weirdo.
0: Yeah, people are weird sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, in your life, a lot, it seems like. It's weird. Take me back to the dungeon, though. You said you met at a dungeon. Is that a specific type of establishment that exists in this yes. world? Yes, And it's, okay, and, like, if I, like, went on... Uh, Yelp,
0: <laughs> you can probably find. There's uh, dun- professional spaces that house. Um, they're
1: permanent places, or like the yeah. Halloween store.
0: they No, they're they're actually permanent places that are. Um, <laughs> sometimes they're often like used for photo shoots, or people will okay. book them, or professional. And it looks will like a dungeon. Them. It looks like kind of like, like this a, room like- <laughs> a little bit. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. Thank you. This is
0: not that dissimilar I, from.
1: I love that. Yeah. Um Well, maybe I could uh, have it double as a dungeon some night.
0: you could you could use it um, yeah. as a but it's, it looks
1: more dungeon. medieval like like a like a torture chamber yeah. like where you like if you had like crossed the King of England in 1538 this is where you would be sent
0: Right, but because, it's also kind of got a stoner vibe, like, so it's a little medieval times.
1: Like did it have the uh, manacles on the walls? Yes, yeah really sometimes. Because that's when you ever picture a, a guy in a dungeon, very often in a cartoon in The New Yorker, um, they're always manacled against the wall. Yes. You know, and um, then they have something very, very funny to say that is inappropriate for <laughs> someone in a dungeon. I'm, <laughs> but I'm sure there were people who really did rot away in dungeons. I mean, oh my God.
0: The people, well, the people that wrote, you know, in the whatever. I mean, torture still exists today, but it's like the Middle Ages vision of the dungeon is kind of the aesthetic that all of these dungeons are sort of like, I think, placed in still, you know? It also looks a little bit like a round table pizza.
1: (laughs) I once went to a goth something. Oh my God, this is, I always say this, but my memoir will be called, Who Was In My Body? Mm-hmm. Because the things I did, mm-hmm. not just when I was young, that's what's really kind of sad. It's like, I mean, I was probably 42 when this happened, but I was dating a girl who was like 22, and she was a, a goth. This was like the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a thing. Yeah. I remember she had a coffin. By the way, I'm still great friends with her. She's a wonderful human being. Love her. She. I, I remember she had a coffin purse. Yeah. The purse. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, at the time, it was sexy, I guess. And she took me to. The, I think this was our first date, and I remember there was it was goth, you know, and the people would look, you know, kind of that look. You've mm-hmm. you've you've trudged sort of, of onto it, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, and at the at the was, there was a stage of some sort. I remember being in the back of a room, and there was a guy, and he was splayed out like this on a wheel, mm-hmm. and. You know they would spin around and they would puncture his body and blood would come out yes and they would collect it and then and then others would come and drink it. Mm-hmm. I mean this is like when AIDS was still kind of uh, you know yeah I mean it's still not something you want to get, but it's we've certainly made great progress with it but we had not made that kind of progress. this was probably 1998.
0: That's incredible. That's quite hard. That's hardcore for so, like playing like that, like blood play in a, you know, public space. That's I mean, a big deal.
1: That's commitment to your kink. Yeah. Right? I mean,
0: it's adrenaline too. Like people get off on the pain aspect of it, but it's also the exhibition aspect of it. It's also like this event, this performative thing. So right. I can see why that would be a turn on.
1: But what what do you think led you to I mean, like of all the hobbies, I mean, you know, you, you could have played with toy trains. <laughs> I mean, there's just a, a myriad of things on this earth that you know you could get into. Um, and you, how, why this? Because I just bad childhood stuff.
0: No, I grew up in a gay bookstore, and so there was so really? much of this already happening in the
1: bookstore. Yeah, my parents like owned a gay, bookstore. No,
0: my parents owned a gay bookstore, so I was in the bookstore.
1: Did they live above the bookstore?
0: No, but we were in the bookstore all day and all night, like, you know, pretty much became our house in a way. Like, we had a place... That was. We didn't live behind it or above it, but we lived. I think you there. should
1: say my family lived above the bookstore, even though it's not true. We live in an age where nobody cares what the truth is anymore. <laughs> and you can totally embellish. You'll be. Yes. It's just better. You know. Okay. Yes. So you're above the bookstore. Okay. And you had to work 12 hours a day.
0: Yes. Really? And, well, uh, my parents worked 12 hours a day, what but I would Koreans come in. What the Koreans call a
1: light work week.
0: Yes. And I would come in and, like, you know, be, that would be our babysitter. So uh, there was a lot of drag queens there. There were a lot of people who were um, getting full-body tattoo suits in the late 70s and the 80s. Um, and there was a lot of uh, talk of, like, leather, BDSM, and it was totally normalized. Right. So I just became curious. And then when I was right. a, a so, teenager, I worked at a lesbian S&M collective. How old? But 17, 16, 17. Um, and you worked at a what? A lesbian BDSM collective where they were making sex toys out of leather.
1: Collective? That's a vague term to me. What is that? It's kind of like. Club?
0: It's kind of like, well, it's a store. <laughs>
1: a store. That, and
0: a club and a, a warehouse, but also a public space, but also a bookstore and also Jesus, um, a place you, for information and a piercing salon. Put in the dungeon,
1: you won't have to go anywhere.
0: Everything. So, so
1: that's a collective, everything yeah. in one, okay.
0: Everything in one.
1: So you lived there? I worked there. You work there. Oh, they hire people.
0: They hire people, and then I would work... So it's uh, not like a
1: kibbutz, it's not socialism, it's... uh. No, it's just hire, yeah, it's like okay. you hire
0: people, I work there, and then I was uh, there. What was your job? I was manning their sex store, their uh, sex toy store, and I was also the rep to go to sex parties with all of the toys. So then I would go... Then When I was a little bit older, I would go to the sex parties and then I would sell everything that we had, like whips sex and all that stuff. Sex they,
1: they, So they also had parties. hmm And what about... How about the HR department?
0: Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How does that work at the collective? I, I, I want to know. I'm sure there
0: is one. I don't remember.
1: It's, well, I mean, if your whole thing is sex and being weird, it's that's kind of tough Well, to... I, I just wouldn't envy the person who had to handle that, those complaints at the Yeah. Church. Like, well, you did come here to the <laughs> dungeon.
0: It was always very, uh, there was always so much emphasis on consent and so much emphasis on we're only doing things that we want to do. And therefore, when you have that level of consent and understanding and negotiation, you can pretty much do everything. Like, there was a wild stuff going on. Um, lots of big uh, group sex scenes, lots of, lots of fisting, lots of anal things in the naughty place, lots of the naughty places, lots of naughty, <laughs> naughty places.
1: <laughs> but this is all lesbians.
0: It was uh, pretty much everybody, but the lesbian ethos was, it was like the lesbians ran it. there were men it. there. There were men there.
1: And trans?
0: Trans women, trans men.
1: Transmit.
0: In in the earliest uh
1: For people born as a woman.
0: Th- who were transitioning into uh male or did male bodies. They bonds. have a,
1: a penis that they were not born with?
0: Well they uh oftentimes take testosterone. Sometimes Yeah, but you don't
1: grow a penis.
0: Well you grow like a um I
1: mean you do if you're around someone attractive. No, but you know what I mean. But you, you know, grow you you have to actually I mean yeah. they actually cut it out of the you know, they cut the flesh out of the the thigh
0: yeah some there's different surgical things there's different um, hormonal things and you've seen that yeah but you also
1: how do they look they look good really
0: they look good yeah
1: and they're and they're full length
0: they're all different everybody's different well I
1: mean all different if you're gonna get one
0: yeah it's different if you're
1: gonna make one you might as well it's like who purposely um, makes a small dick
0: no but it's it's like it's also, you could also wear a strap, which I think um, is a preference for a lot of people, too, to wear a strap strap on. Oh, oh I see. Mm-hmm. Or if you or don't wear, have a dick. Yeah, or you wear uh, one that is just your everyday. Everyday? So that you have... You um, wear it even
1: when you're not trying to make yeah,
0: romance? Yeah, because you have... Because in order to... Really achieve that feeling of your gender. You're going to wear something. I mean, I think that's a really important part of understanding who you are or feeling like you're really there. Yeah, I'm I mean, not a trans man, so I don't know.
1: Right, and and of course, you know, this this issue, this subject, is in the news constantly mm-hmm. because the younger generation feels it's sort of like the civil rights issue of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I feel like I have a centrist view on it. Um, Certainly the liberal part of me uh, fully acknowledges that, you know, the range of what goes on in the human mind with sexuality is broad. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the the vast majority aren't, you know, still heterosexual, male and female. But for whatever percentage that is, um, that's outside of that, let's say that collectively it's 10. I know it could be more... Um, everybody could be on the spectrum. I, I don't think that's true. I never felt very spectrum-y myself. I, I know a lot of people who feel the same way. But, like, within that 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 category of people who are not just heterosexual, it's just no wonder they need 56 categories mm-hmm. on Facebook. You know, there it's just so many variations mm-hmm. of what, you know, uh, and with the Internet now, of course, you know, you can find people who you could type in any weird. I need a lesbian to pee on me while I play with toy trains, and the 300 people will be that's, like, that's "Oh, a, yeah, great! That's, what kind of train?"
0: Yeah, there's like a lot of that. That's actually very common. <laughs> what? I think that's really, no, Yeah.
1: Fuck me up. Yeah. Come on.
0: I think it's really P- common.
1: Playing with toy trains yeah. while, while somebody pees on you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think was I just would. That spitball. I know. There. I think I could find that.
1: I would see, I'm, I'm saying a, you could, but I didn't... There's
0: definitely somebody doing that.
1: But there that's my point. There's, a, there's probably 3,000 people doing it. Yeah. And in the old days, you would never have known that there were other 3,000 people in the world. Mm. But with the internet... Now you know. You can be like... You don't feel alone. I'm a cat, and I shit in a box, and there'll be 10,000... What kind of box? You know, I mean... Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's nice. It's
1: just... It's, absolutely. I love it. And then there's a part of this which is a little crazy and with children, sometimes too early. America is an outlier here now. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's a little embarrassing for the people who are all gung-ho on switching up at early ages because the liberal countries in Europe that we always look to for their liberal guidance, they pulled back on this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We're kind of alone out there with like, you know, sure, cut his dick off. What the heck? What can go wrong? I
0: don't think people do that, though. No,
1: of course they don't. I'm, be, I'm being facetious. But yeah. they, but America does go full steam on gender switching for children who have not reached puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a younger age, that uh, puberty blockers and so forth that, again, Sweden, Denmark, the UK, places that were sort of experimenting with this, they have pulled back on this. They've said, you know, we... We may be doing more damage than good. That is certainly something that is at least worth debating. Mm-hmm. The pro- one problem with the other side of this is they just don't want to talk about it. It's just like, if you don't agree with me one million percent from the get-go, you're a horrible bigot, and it's mm-hmm. coming from hate. And it's not coming from hate. Mm-hmm. It's science, and we should be able to debate it, mm-hmm. especially since it's so new and it involves children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> i, 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 I kind of feel better i got that off my head i'm glad no and it's true it has the added virtue of being true but yeah. um no i mean look maybe my life would have been more interesting if i was not so you know regimented in the things that I like to do. But, like, I never stopped liking the thing. I have never got married.
0: Well, uh, You know,
1: I mean, if... Yeah, if that's I, right.
0: You never got married. No. You never, I mean, but you...
1: Because I like...
0: You like being single. You like yeah, yeah. You like being alone.
1: I like being alone, and I like other things that go with being single as opposed to being married. It's always a choice that you make. Right, right. I mean, you... And when you're... Very often, especially when I was younger, when I was in... One of the versions of my life, which was either with steady with a steady girlfriend or single, you'd complain about the parts of the other life you don't have. Yeah. You're with a steady girlfriend, it's great, but you're like, oh boy, I wish I could get laid on the road, and I wish I could go to yeah. a strip club, but I you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, all this stuff. Remember when we went to the strip club we and We had a good time. Such a good time. We had
0: a party bus and everything.
1: We had a party bus and we went to a strip club in Honolulu. <laughs> That is such a great memory. It I'm was so really glad.
0: lovely. Yes, and do you still go every every uh, New Year's?
1: You know, I stopped this. This last year it was the last year. It became too. Uh, <laughs> it's funny when I first booked that, first wanted to do who I. No one would book it. Oh. No one. I had to like find a promoter. Rick Bartolini. You remember Rick? Mm-hmm. Great guy. I love him. I'll miss him every year. And a great promoter. And he was the only one who said, I will take a chance on this. But till then, nobody worked Hawaii. It was considered a dead territory. Mm. And then, you know, we did it enough years, people saw, oh, it's not so dead. Mm -hmm. And now everybody does it, so it's too, you know, it's hard to book a comic because they're all working on their own there. Yeah. So it kind of was a victim of its own success. But 12 wonderful years with with so many great comics. I mean, I, I wish it would go on just for the sake of, the opportunity to like spend four days with somebody like you who I always liked but it's like I'm never gonna look we're you're so busy you know you're you have your life you're my I have my life when are we gonna see each other probably yeah. when we work right that's how we all are I've said that's that there's right. so many comics we were I, said, I love you Howie Mandel I wish I could but we're not going we to, get to you got your life I got my life and you got your close friends and I got mine but when we work we get to do it that's right you know. It was really so, cold. And you, like, you do work like every day of the year, don't you?
0: Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know who I am without working, you know? I'm sure you know, oh, you know that feeling.
1: What a thing to say, though. I don't think that's true. I think you know who you are without working. Come on. If you, if well, you couldn't do stand-up, you'd wither?
0: Well, if I didn't do stand-up, I would do other things. Like, I'm always doing some putting. I'm like a putterer and like a, a busybody and doing right. all sorts of things. Um, always trying to work and trying to see... Because I think so much of my identity is wrapped in from doing stand-up comedy, but not just that. It's like when you're a stand-up comic, you're also always working in your mind, right? in your heart. You're always, like, freaking out about something, thinking about something. So it's like you don't ever stop being on the job.
1: Well, no, that's on me. I mean, that's... Maybe you should try to let that go. Yeah. Because that's, that seems imprisoning. I mean, I would not say... I'm freaking out. I would not say... And what I would say is I'm, my antenna are always up yeah. for something that would be good in stand-up. Right. And, you know, in the old days, I would carry a little pen <laughs> like this big and a little mm-hmm. piece of paper and try to... I mean, I have a collection of cocktail napkins. Yes. I'm sure this deep because we all... You know, some people purposely write comics. I never, like, purposely wrote. My method was always like, no... I'll get high, I'll talk to funny people, mm-hmm. funny things will come up, yeah. and if I think of something good, I'll, I'll remember it, I'll write it down. I yeah. mean, many things I wish I had written down, and they wound up on the floor, and there were yeah. probably some good bits there. But I don't find that to be a burden, except for the, oh, boy, I don't want to forget that part. Um, I, I used to also have a little tape recorder.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good.
1: Remember when we all had that's little great. tape recorders when we started out as comics? That yeah. tape ourselves and listen. You know
0: who did that was um, Mitch Hedberg. He always had a little, these um. tiny cassettes. They were like so small and we'd carry it everywhere.
1: I When I remember in New York, I had, when I was doing an hour set somewhere like Caroline's, you know, this is like the 80s, but I was, you know, new as a headliner, but you do an hour. And the tape, in know, in t- those little, tapes only lasted a half hour. Yeah. So I had to have <laughs> two two I had five, one tape recorder in each pocket. Oh. And I had to remember at the half hour mark
0: mm-hmm.
1: to turn off the one or oh. else it would beep.
0: Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful.
1: That's well, so funny. I mean, I'm like you in the sense I'm a worker, you yeah. know. And I like it. You know, right. I love tinkering with the act. Mm-hmm. You know, There's no feeling as good as like, oh, you know, I just moved that joke two jokes earlier and the whole thing works ten times better.
0: When it makes sense.
1: It just falls together, right? You know, you're you're always like feeding the audience some information and then, you know, you have to have them absorb this piece of information before this next piece of information is going to work. Yeah. And it's those little things that like can make a, a bit. Or a hunk that's good, great. Mm-hmm. You know, just moving that around and how it works on the human mind. And it's, yeah. it's tinkering. It's building a ship inside of a bottle. It's, it
0: is getting peed on while playing with a toy train. Like it's that
1: <laughs> yes. all of the pieces have to work. I know. But afterwards, I don't smell like pee, Margaret. you ever get peed thing. on? You have got to be fucking kidding me. Peed on? Oh, no, no. Do you ever
0: pee on anybody? No. What? What am I,
1: R. Kelly? Pee on somebody? Why would that bring pleasure to me?
0: I don't really like it either, but people really like it.
1: (laughs) I don't really. People? What people? Weirdos. Lots
0: lots of people like it, yeah. Yes, they do. Lots of people like it. There must be something to it.
1: There's even, I can tell you this, in stroke books, um, you know, penthouse, stuff like that, <laughs> I hear from a friend. Um, they sometimes have had, because I've seen it, <laughs> I, I mean, I heard it from a friend, uh, like, you know, just, I mean, it's normally just a good stroke book. Okay, it's me. Uh, a good stroke book for a man, you know, hot chicks looking like if somebody doesn't fuck me in the next 2 minutes i'm going to do it to myself with my pointy shoe i mean mm-hmm. that look in their eye it's yeah. i mean we're masturbators you know yeah. that's what we want to see and sometimes they had a girl peeing so there must be enough of a market so and i was like why did you have to show that one that doesn't this is not helping my boner that i'm watching this girl pee i mean it's pee
0: yeah it's- but is it is is it like are you conflate it. I think people conflate it or with like, compare it to squirt. Is squirt pee?
1: Now that's an interesting subject. We'll Squirting. be right back. No, uh, <laughs> is squirt pee? I. You know what? I. <laughs> I was much more happy about my squirt ratio before I found out that there might be pee in it.
0: I think there's p in it.
1: Yeah, I. I'm slowly coming to that realization and. Um that's yeah <laughs> that's not the best news I've ever had. Because I I don't just I just don't think I don't I don't want P on me. Yeah. I mean, you know, it now P of course that's a little emotional more than scientific because P of course is supposed to be sterile. Mm-hmm. I mean the difference between pish and shit uh kids is you know P is supposed to be completely sterile, no germs. Shit all germ. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is another reason why I don't fuck in the naughty place.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because it's that's, you know, that's where the it's the sewer of the body. It's yeah. The colon, which yeah. is what empties out into the naughty place. Right. So the sewer, I don't want to play in the sewer. Okay. Does that make me a weirdo? No. And it's certainly not anti-gay. It's just my no. it's just my um preference. We all get to you get to have your preference yeah. with the toy trains. I get to have mine. Some gay um,
0: people don't have anal sex. What happened? Some gay people don't have anal sex.
1: I'm sure that's true. Of course, yeah. that itself is a variation. Yeah. What do they have? Like scissoring and
0: uh yeah, scissoring sometimes. Um vibrators, uh strap-ons. Um Fire. Fi- fire. Fire. <laughs> fingers.
1: Burning your date.
0: Uh fingers are very important.
1: Did you say to them? I'm sorry, I don't burn on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> What is If uh, kissing is first base and the yeah, tits are second is, base and uh, pussy is third base, what,
0: what, where know. is burning what on is this What is Burning scale? the leg. We're not sure. I, I, We're not I sure what know. game that is.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> that's 43 man Squamish, I think. <laughs> yeah. Club Random is brought to you by the Stash Monkey. Nothing says family fun like keeping your secrets under lock and key. We get it. Kids and pets have a habit of turning your house into a treasure hunt for all the wrong reasons. But fear not, because Stash Monkey is here to save the day and your sanity. Stash Monkey is a patented, airtight, and odor-resistant box that's practically the Fort Knox of your personal belongings. We're talking prescription medications, recreational goodies, and anything else you'd rather keep away from prying eyes and curious noses. The dual smell-proof, high-grade silicone seal lid includes a resettable combination lock to secure your items, allowing you to take it with you anywhere. Stash Monkey keeps your items fresh, neutral, and moisture-free because it's water-resistant. Stash Monkey's crafted of the highest quality materials designed to withstand daily use, making it a reliable storage companion for years to come. It's also easy to clean and it's dishwasher safe. I got a stash monkey myself and can safely say I feel assured that when I'm away my dogs won't be partying without me. Make sure an unforeseen tragedy doesn't occur in your household by protecting your prescription meds and other valu- valuables by making the smart move and storing with a stash monkey. No kid or pet or pill-hungry granny will be able to get their hands or paws inside a stash monkey unless your Wattweiler loves Molly. Through Cyber Week, save up to 30% off Stash Monkey with this exclusive offer. Go to stashmonkey.com and use the code MONKEY. That's stashmonkey.com or text the word MONKEY to 511-511 to save up to 30% off your order, plus receive free shipping. Text MONKEY to 511-511 and place your order today and receive your Stash Monkeys in time for the holidays. Remember to text MONKEY to 511-511 today. Terms, conditions, message, and data rates may apply. Let's talk about microdosing. You know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you're relaxed, focused, and a little bit energized, like being in the zone? Well, microdosing can help you get into that zone easier and stay there longer. When you microdose, you can relieve anxiety, pain, or muscle tension. It's great for a mood boost, relaxation, and just living in the moment. It can even spice up your sex life, helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. You can even do it while you're exercising and for your post-workout recovery. Microdose gummies do exactly what you would expect them to do. Now you know me, I'm not into weed, but a tiny dose of THC has worked for a few friends of mine who have some anxiety. Just half a gummy is the perfect dose to help you relax at the end of the day and get off that mental hamster wheel. Instead of spinning in place, you're just chilling and able to let go of the day's stresses without feeling lazy or hazy. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code random to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com, code random for 30% off. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. Okay, if you're in charge of a nationwide company, it's time for you to step up your game. In an ever-tightening economy, you need the bang for your marketing buck. Time to try something groundbreaking that will get noticed by utilizing new platforms to acquire customers and partner with shows like mine. You could enjoy lower CPMs, elevating your brand in a space away from your competitors. Generate up to 9 times more leads by combining the power of audio and video channels with text messaging and generate an ROI as high as 5, 6 or 7 to 1. That's a shitload of ROI. Radioactive Media can create campaigns airing nationally on podcasts, terrestrial, satellite and streaming radio. Club Random has been partnering with Radioactive Media since the beginning with clients such as Signal Wire, Heat Holders, wine enthusiast, and more, and they can create a customizable campaign for your company's needs. Radioactive believes so much in the power of audio marketing, they put their money where their mouths are by using it themselves, right here, right now. Their Radioactive Media exclusive Black Friday deal was such a huge success, they're extending it through Cyber Week. All you have to do is lock in your first campaign before year's end. To find out all the details and receive a few club random goodies thrown in, Go to RadioactiveMedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511-511. I'm here to tell you about Dr. Squatch. The traditional soaps just aren't cutting it anymore. All full things of chemicals that are awful for you and your skin. Plus, the scent is so aggressive. There's nothing I hate more than getting into an elevator and having the other person's soap invade my nose like they just had a threesome with a scented candle and a basket of potpourri. My point is, Dr. Squatch is all natural, and the scents are incredibly pleasant. Dr. Squatch is different than traditional soaps. They use high-performance natural products, have no harmful ingredients, and have you looking and smelling your best. This is the perfect holiday gift, stocking stuffer or a treat yourself purchase. Right now, buy three soaps and get three soaps for free. That's $28 in savings, making each bar just four bucks. Offer valid for new customers only and free shipping is included. Right now, Dr. Squatch is offering our listeners huge savings. All new customers will get three free bar soaps plus free shipping with any purchase of three bars. Just go to DrSquatch.com random to receive this buy, three, get three offer. That's DrSquatch.com random to buy three soaps and get three free. It's time to get all the daily routine essentials you'll need to start feeling good and smelling like a new man today. What's the longest relationship you ever had? Um, like where it was just a real relationship, just just straight up trains and f- <laughs> fucking <laughs> in PM the ass. <laughs> and, um, you know,
0: probably twelve years.
1: Twelve. Yeah. Years.
0: I was married for twelve years. Oh. Yeah.
1: Well, that's serious. Yeah. Marriage is serious. It's serious. I mean, that's when it's really getting serious.
0: But I don't think I would be married again. I just don't like living with other people. Don't you like living alone? I love living alone.
1: Yes, I do. I'm, look who you're talking to. It
0: feels so good.
1: Oh, yeah. It feels so good. And it doesn't mean you're lonely.
0: No. And
1: it doesn't mean, you know, you don't have a company sometimes. Right. But, you know, but to be always on top of each other, I know there's no way to undo this, especially if you have kids and you want kids. Mm-hmm. You can't... It, you know, tell the kids, oh, mommy and daddy don't want to get sick of each other. So, you know, no, you, the kids. I mean, I was lucky. I had a stable home. I know you had a rough childhood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, that's so much in in life. You know, I mean, it's it's my I have the deepest admiration for people who overcame that. Yeah, because I did not have to. Right. You know, I was lucky with parents and stability. I had to completely leave it to Beaver upbringing. I mean, there was no controversies or drugs or, you know, racism because it was an all-white town in the (laughs) 1960s, you know? Yeah. It was just like uh, there was no issues. Right. You know, not even any divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, there weren't broken homes. Everybody had mommy and daddy. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like I feel like I came from the land that time forgot. Mm -hmm. It just seems like were we ever that idyllic? And, you know, you're younger than me, so you didn't have that. No,
0: and I don't know. I mean, was it like this, there there was dysfunction, but it was just invisible, maybe.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there was all those horrible things. I mean, racism. I mean, the, it was an all-white town. So you just didn't Everybody see it. Just but... say, well, you know, I mean, my parents were liberal. My, my, to their great credit, at a time when, when parents either didn't bring this up to the kids at all, because it wasn't an issue... Um, because you know, civil rights was a political thing, and they weren't political. And there's mm-hmm. no black people in this town, so they didn't e- either. Didn't talk about it with their kids, or they told them the wrong thing. Right? America was so racist in the '60s. Yeah. My parents took the opposite approach, and they made sure at a very young age we understood when Kennedy sent troops into the South in '63. I was seven. Mm-hmm. You know. My father explained that to me. That's a pretty young age to have a, your, your father tell you why that was a good thing and yeah. why Kennedy was his hero. Yeah. You know, so, you know, boy, th- things have changed.
0: Do you remember what you felt like when Kennedy was shot?
1: I remember the day. I can still see my mother's look as she walked across the lawn. We were let out of school early. <laughs> So we thought it was a good thing, you know, out of school. But I didn't quite understand it until I remember I often, I think, walked home. And I remember that day did not because a car dropped me off. Because I remember being in a car. But I do remember it was a car I was not that familiar. And as it pulled up to the house, my mother came out of the front door and walked across the lawn to greet me at the car. And she just had a look on her face that I'd never seen. Mm. You know, a serious, downcast, this is the end of the world kind of look. So that's when I knew something was up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I, we had to write a little essay about it at seven.
0: Oh, what did you write?
1: Oh, my father kept it. He adored it. it I mean, it was something, you know, it was seven. Like, I remember the last line was something like, and John John rode a donkey, or not a donkey, but he had, was there a, a horse? There was like a horse that, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was not the kind of punditry that you would expect from me later in life. But uh, it was heartfelt, and it, I'm sure it reflected his view that, you know, this was, a horrible thing and we had lost a great man and mm-hmm. um but that's a well, lar- largely the reason he liked him was civil rights they were my parents were classic old school liberal democrats and that's I- beautiful irish and jewish yeah you know
0: that's really beautiful
1: i had an aunt aunt grace who was um you know on the irish side and voted republican and it drove my father fucking nuts yeah, and she was living on money from Democratic coffers because you know, back in that day, the '30s, or 40s, the '40s, the the Irish ran everything in the Democratic Party, and her husband was some Paul or somebody, mm-hmm. and she was living on Democratic pension money mm-hmm. and voting for Nixon. <laughs> it was so, but yeah, I was lucky. Where's your? What's your family situation now?
0: They've never voted. Um, they've never, uh, they don't ever feel like America's their country. They still don't. They've been here since 1963. Wow. And they've never participated in the politics. So it's a very, um, I mean, they, they're very political in Korea, but they've never, ever wanted to vote and they've never wanted to participate, which is, I guess it's yeah, understandable You know, that's kind of their position on it, but they've never felt, like, welcomed by America in that way. So I think it's sad, actually. It is. They never wanted to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, we're all sensitive. I mean, I'm sure they faced things that they should not have had to face. Well, yeah. And, you know, people, even slights, you know, and we call them slights because they're slight, can can go deep as far as the hurt goes. but I'm sure they face much more than just slights. Yeah. I mean, well, like the racism, real, yeah, the yes, 60s of, when
0: they were right. I was mean, so unbelievable that they, someone, they just don't talk about it. Like they just very, they're really stoic about it because to make it I mean, a conversation topic is to make it more real.
1: My 1960s northern New Jersey was the rule back then. Willie Mays, maybe the greatest baseball player ever, had a lot of trouble staying in his home in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You're stomping ground, yes, right? Yes, yes. Liberalist place in the world. Right. And in the 1960s, they didn't want Willie Mays living in their neighborhood. Okay, if you don't think things have just gone way better, mm-hmm. you're just not being realistic. Yes. doesn't yes. mean we're done, yes. but things are just so different.
0: Yes, it's true, it's true.
1: And you still have an attachment to San Francisco?
0: No, I mean, I, uh, my parents moved. They don't live there anymore. I, um, yeah, I, I hardly go. I go for shows sometimes, and then I'll go for, like, Sketchfest, and I'll play music up there sometimes, but very rarely, not, and after, like.
1: You got no sentimentality for your hometown?
0: It's so different.
1: Why? It's so different. Oh, the city, is the city. The
0: city is so different.
1: Why, the shit um, on the sidewalk? I think it's... Perfect for the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I've solved two two problems in one.
0: All my friends have left or died... What? From fentanyl. Left or died? They've left or died of from what? fentanyl.
1: Fentanyl? Yeah. Why were Um, all your friends on fentanyl? You
0: know, like all of us, like, arty, queer, weirdo types. You know, all your friends, like, from childhood, they've all died. so Or they've moved away because it's too expensive.
1: No, my friends were Beaver and Wally.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're not on fentanyl. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. So,
0: to me, to go back is actually very sad. But I, I go to play shows. I go to play music sometimes. But, yeah, I haven't. I haven't really spent meaningful time up there because it's either really, really rich people or unhoused people. So it's very, the de- classified is so enormous.
1: What is it with the fentanyl? I mean, they, everybody must know, and I've heard it's in everything.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Like, for the first time I ever heard of it was Prince.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that was 2016. Yeah. Never heard of it, I yeah. don't think. And then, oh, Prince, he got the good drugs, of course. Rock stars always get the good drugs, and that's why they very often OD. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to curry favor with the rock stars. Mm. So the na- latest, greatest, best, now that's okay if it's pot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jay-Z's pot is probably the best pot you could ever get.
0: Oh, you know who had good pot? Killer Mike.
1: Yes. We got well, high can, on I, your show. Yes. And
0: then we were so high, and but it was live. I got so paranoid.
1: Yeah. Well, Mike, <laughs> Mike and I have uh, shared pot secrets for a long time and I don't want to say it's a competition but I think I could I I could stand I could match up with whatever pot he can come up
0: with. He's got wonderful weed but yeah I'm sure yours is great as well. I'm trying. Yeah, not bad.
1: <laughs> well, actually I'm trying to cut down but you know, I was never an everyday smoker.
0: Yeah, you are quite moderate in all of your habits, though. Like, you never really drank, you never really smoked Oh, no, out. I did
1: drink, but not, but I'm not, a, but, you know, there's a, as Sean Penn once said, there's a big difference between a drunk and a heavy drinker.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was a heavy drinker. I, I say I drank Irishly. You know, it's, it's funny, the human body, you know, it's like a defense in football. You got to take what the defense will give you. Yeah. You know, and when my body would give me 30 drinks a week that I could handle. I took it. Yeah. And now it gives me, you know, I don't want to push it. I know yeah. I can I know it gives me 3.
0: That's good. Three.
1: Yeah. That's good. Well, good for who? I mean, <laughs> I do miss drinking like a like a dead friend because it was just uh it was just fun and you could like I mean again, this is who was in my body era, but like you could keep the party going because I guess it, well, first of all, there's a lot of sugar in the alcohol. Yeah. So you're, you're like a five year old, you know, bouncing off the walls because you've had eight drinks. Yeah. That's a lot of sugar. And then, you know, whatever alcohol does to you. But, you know, if you're young and it gives you plenty of energy, it never made me unenergetic.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. And pot's an up drug for me too. So, like, oh, good. Yeah. yeah, together they were like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is so much fun. I mean, it would be nice to be able to, to, die. Do that to, like, just for one night, go back to that era where you would go to three or four different places in one night.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that to me is like, so, <laughs> I couldn't,
1: right? that's I, too much. It's just <laughs> way too much, that's I'm telling not, you.
0: That doesn't sound fun even.
1: No, but it apparently was then. We do it. You we do did it. it?
0: We do it, yeah. Remember yeah. when there was, it was like when, that sounds like when there was an improv in Santa Monica.
1: <laughs> right, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. era. Yeah, well, young, Mm -hmm. we were young, so do you have your do you have dates to plug? I do. I want to plug them for you. You please do. It would be my fucking honor.
0: Um, I'm on tour uh, with my Live and Livid tour. It's November. You are never
1: not on tour. I'm
0: always on tour, so I'm in um, Hawaii, Honolulu, November thirtieth, and uh, the Royal Oak Music Theater in Royal Oak, Michigan, uh, December fifteenth, and the Vic Theater in Chicago, December 16th.
1: I love it that we play some in the same places.
0: Yeah.
1: But I take oodles of time off between. Mm-hmm. You do not.
0: Because I forget how to do it.
1: No, you don't. I kind of do. That's ridiculous.
0: But I, I like to just do it. I
1: mean, you can be rusty.
0: Yeah, I hate being rusty.
1: I do, too. I do, too. Do you but, do a
0: lot of sets in town?
1: No. No, 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 no. <laughs> to me that would be like going back to my high school mm. um, and also I survive best not survive thrive best in a setting where the people have specifically come to see me mm-hmm. you know I'm a kind of specific kind of community. I, don't, I think I fucking entertain anybody and you don't even have to be super political yeah um, a lot of my act isn't political and what's is is very graspable but you know, it's amazing. People, um, you know, everybody has their taste. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting. These days, I'm playing to a more mixed audience politically. Mm-hmm. Like, there are conservatives in the audience that never used to be there. Um, I probably lost the woke people, which... Bothers me not at all. They never had a sense of humor. They're not about that. They're humorless buzzkills and all about purity. It's all the enemy of what comedy is, telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> by the way, I often think of that bit you did in Hawaii about who was, co- who was Tilda Swinton.
0: Oh, Ooh, yes. Co- <laughs> your,
1: your yellow phone. yes. What was that? I
0: can't even remember.
1: <laughs> Tilda Swinton was doing something oh, on she was, Broadway. No,
0: she um, Tilda Swinton uh, emailed that. me because she was wanted. She was she played um, an Asian man in a movie, so she wanted to see if it she emailed me to see if it was all right. And I didn't want to open the email because I was like, "This is going to open a Wes Anderson virus on my computer." No way, <laughs> no cookies, only macron. And she, uh, but she reached out. And she wanted to know, like, I play an Asian man in a film, and I wanted to know if it was all right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not some kind of Asian notary public. Like, I can't fucking stamp your shit. Like, oh, till this we did number one. Like, I can't make it okay. Like, she wanted to get a pass.
1: These are the kind of people I just can't stand. It's, I mean, really, <laughs> I just they the way they like every time they want to fight racism so badly, they always find their Dumbasses right back where racism actually is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but it's also like really like um this this thing where I, I realize people are just understanding that uh whitewashing is not okay. Now we're figuring it out that people like right. uh for so long like allowed Asians to not exist in Hollywood, you know, like we just were okay, like with this idea of like not seeing us, you know. And
1: but just looking, I mean, if a Martian came down and just watched television, he would not guess that the white people were the majority race mm-hmm. numbers-wise, mm-hmm. which I'm not complaining about. I'm I celebrate it. It mm-hmm. was too too far the other way for mm-hmm. too long. Yeah, but it is amazing how. Far, that's come.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And good, turnabout is fair play. Yeah. But, like, just let's say this is the year we're living in. Mm-hmm. It's, they, I mean, some, I think some shows, like you can tell that they checked all the boxes before they even wrote the script. Mm-hmm. It can go too far. mm mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you you do work the smaller clubs, like when you're not, okay, so... I don't, but the stories I've heard from comics is a lot of paranoia about if I say something and then somebody in the audience tweets it because, again, this is an audience of, like, potluck comedy clubs for folks who don't remember or know. That's where we started, and, you know, mm-hmm. you're saying you're a big star. You play these places. The places you just read off, are big theaters, and you make good, great money. But you go back to the clubs to try stuff out. Yeah. Okay. So the clubs are potluck. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like people go and they're not your fan necessarily. They'll be, your fans will be there, but it won't be a a room full of Margaret Cho fans. It'll be a room full of comedy fans. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Margaret Cho's here tonight. Okay, I love her. Or, "Eh, she's okay. Whatever. But mix. So you can't really depend on them to be like behind you. Mm -hmm. And some of them, of course, in this day and age,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's just about, oh, I can tweet that yeah, and get a lot of comments and yeah. likes because I'm finding some bad person <laughs> who said something bad on stage that's unacceptable right. and doesn't go along with the one true opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's some fucking bullshit mm-hmm. that I am, thank Jesus, yeah. I did not have to live through.
0: Yeah. That is, well, it's something that I guess it makes you really think hard about, like, everything that you say so much more, you know? just
1: the enemy of comedy. Right.
0: Right. It's tough.
1: And to, to be, have to always be thinking about, oh, is this over the line and going to yeah. get tattled on? Well, your job is to be on that line and right. sometimes to be a little over.
0: Yeah. It, sometimes it's good to go over. Yes. I mean, then, then you'll know where it is. Right. It's hard, though. It's very right. hard. Right.
1: Because, see, you'll survive it because, you know, you've been around. Mm-hmm. You're a woman. Mm-hmm. You're not white. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying. But like some 25 year old kid who's starting out and he doesn't, you know, really understand what is, he's trying to navigate this between what can I say that's funny and edgy? I want to be edgy. I don't want to be a boring comic, um, but I don't want to get canceled. You know, no one's on his side yet. Yeah. So he just goes. Remember mm-hmm. that guy who was. Supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Now, I, know, I don't even know who this person is. I never knew before this story. I don't know after because they canceled him completely. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. Shane
0: Gillis. He's funny. <laughs> he's really funny.
1: Right. Shane Gillis. Yeah, he's great. And he did some, oh, about Asians. Yeah. He did some joke and he was just like, okay, we don't know who you are. And <laughs> sorry, but it's <laughs> just easier to just kill you off. I'm sure they got other people waiting to do that show. Well do you remember? What the joke was, or what the I controversy?
0: I don't know. I met him. Um, but he is funny. In a, yeah, in a Zoom with Doug Stanhope, who's a good friend of mine. So and you uh, say he is funny. Yeah, he's really funny. Shane is funny.
1: So what do you think about that?
0: I think that it's just you. You find your place, though. You know, you find your way. Like it's
1: no, but but them can't. But like them, just like defense him because. He was about to go on SNL. Yeah. He, he They went back. I don't think he said it at the time. I think they went back.
0: Yeah. As they, whereas they like often Jeff. do.
1: Let's go. Let's root through.
0: Yeah. What did you
1: say in high school?
0: Yeah. It's too bad because, um, you know, that that sort of thing happens all the time now for everyone. You know, you're like, if you're very famous, too, like people will sort of look back through everything that you've done. It's like this sort of scrutiny culture as well. But, So it's tough.
1: But we don't have to like it, do we? We don't have to think it's a good thing, do we?
0: I don't think we can do anything about it. Like, it's kind of like a... It's just the way that exists and also that the internet is kind of forever. So everything that you sort of did in the past is judged by the law of today. That's very tough.
1: You worry about it?
0: Well, I think if you uh, are thoughtful as a comic, you should be able to get through it. Like, you should be able to wind your way around it. It's it's more about your skill and a testament to your skill to get through it, I think.
1: That is one valid way to look at it. I'm not sure I can sign to that 100%. I get what you're saying. We need to tread the ridge between truth and insult with the skill of a mountain goat.
0: It's got to be the, you know, it's <laughs> got to be really you have to be really precise in what you're doing, but it's yes, yeah, it's really tough. So yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just glad that I am not starting out because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the longer you're around, the more people, you know, if they... You, you gather fans and they think, okay, this guy has done some good work. This lady is has really been state-of-the-art in stand-up and pushing envelopes and stuff. I mean, you. And so, you know we might give them the benefit of a doubt if, if but when you're starting out you're just you're just cannon fodder
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
1: uh, and i mean it's funny i have fond memories of my club days when i was just starting out but i know they were really rough
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean it's, uh,
0: it's it's it was hard it, in a different it, way
1: I think the first year is like the hardest.
0: It's so hard.
1: The first year, right?
0: It's so hard because you're like, what am I even doing?
1: What are you doing? And it's not going well, of course. And then
0: you try to be somebody else. You're trying to act you're, like somebody you're, else. You're
1: fumbling around for a persona, for identity.
0: So I was going to try to be Paula Poundstone, who is the best.
1: Paula Poundstone is a great comic. The best. Yes.
0: Oh, so funny. So you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to be her. I'll be like, you know, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to. i be like Judy Tenuta. I'm going to be like you know.
1: I'm a good comic.
0: Also great. Yeah. You know, um, but the the new people now are so. I, I don't know. Like are, they give me a lot of excitement around what what's happening. Too. See, I'm
1: not, I'm I'm so divorced from that whole scene. It, it's fun, and they're
0: so fun, especially the Asian Asian people like uh, Sabrina Wu and Jenny Yang and Otsko Okatsuka, and um, it, it, it's like the they're just geniuses, Sherry Cola and there's so many wonderful Ali Wong, amazing. Bowen Yang who is also in us. Yeah. So many amazing. He's great. Joel Kim Booster, mm. beautiful. It's they're they're not starting out cuz they've been around for a few years, but they're so young and they're so ready. So that's what makes me really excited about comedy.
1: And where do you just so you'd be happy just like doing this right to till you till you drop dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And, like, other things will come along and you'll do other projects, but.
0: I want to do stand-up
1: for. Yeah, right, till you drop.
0: Yeah, for life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that <laughs> to me is the, the goal. I I mean, I, I would love to do more TV and movies and things like that, but I love stand-up.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, I. I
0: Don't you think you'll always do it?
1: I mean, it's been 40 years, so. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like if I was going to drop it, I would have done it by now.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you never know. I mean, look, age hasn't really caught up to me yet, but, you know, I, I'm i not immortal. Although, AI, <laughs> I tell you, I am, we have a guy on Real Time Friday who's, we were talking about AI, so I've been reading about AI all week. Do you know how fucking scary this shit is? Mm-hmm. I don't even think you do.
0: I don't. I mean, I know I'm a little bit you, about it,
1: but I'm. It's like we're already probably. The cat is so out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And it, like, the way it's moving, it moves exponentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like every science fiction movie where the alien gets on the plane, I mean, yeah. the spaceship, and, and they're like, you know, Captain, it's learning at an alarming rate. Yeah. And then the next thing, you know, <laughs> get those uh, things that shoot fire. That'll kill this brilliant. But this is like, I mean, I, just, I don't know. We could not make it to Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I mean, Musk, he cuckoo about a lot of shit, but boy, he hit it. He was right about this before anybody. He was mm-hmm. the one saying AI, existential threat, this could wipe out humanity. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. And they don't, under, they don't understand it. And mm-hmm. It's already past where we understand right. why and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like sometimes it hallucinates, mm-hmm. just makes up shit. Yeah. I mean, we're I think we're really close to. I can't do that, Dave.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? What do we it's do?
1: Too late. I don't know, but I don't want to live in that world. I mean, there's a lot of this world with. Everything on screens, I don't want to live with.
0: Yeah, it's true. Are
1: you a? What's your? You know, you know, like a phone addicted? Are you? You know,
0: I am pretty much. I have you a are? really. I have a, an intense relationship with it. That is, I'm trying to get away from. <laughs> screens, you know, with with.
1: Really. Like, so you're on it all day. Like you look at what are you? What are you looking on?
0: I think TikTok. TikTok is really all encompassing. Yeah. TikTok My. is really. It's, um,
1: I only get dogs.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love everything. I, I do a lot of fashion, a lot of gay stuff, a lot of sex stuff, a lot of food, um, and then news. Um, so you're, news. you're
1: are you talking about your own TikTok My presence? My feed,
0: yeah. My feed. I mean, right. just watching it. And I'll put a little bit of content out there, but it's mostly like I'm just watching it. Boy. So it's quite um, – I mean, it, it, I try to lengthen my attention span by watching movies in between looking at TikTok. So I'll like put it down and watch a a David Lean film. You know, like I'll put it down and I'll watch Great
1: Expectations. All the way through?
0: All the way through. Like I have to, I'm gonna watch Paths of Glory today because I spent a lot of time on TikTok. I think
1: I'm crazy, but I I almost never watch a movie. Well, if I went to the theater I would, but Mm -hmm. at home, all the way through. And people say, how can you do it? I said, do you read a book all at once? You read two chapters and you put it down. Right. And you read two more the next night. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. making my way through Mission Impossible now. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, but I don't have to swallow it all at once.
0: No, you can watch it when, <laughs> at your pace.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well, I hope you're happy. I am happy. You are? Mm-hmm. You feel like this is a good time of your, your life? Yes. You, you, the look, best you know what? I, I see it in your face. Yeah. You look very um, at ease. You know, and, and in a happy place, more than you were in Hawaii.
0: Yes, very much so. I'm feeling very good.
1: I feel like when you were in Hawaii, were you coming out of an unsober period or
0: something? Yes. Well, I was uh, not sober for a long time, and then when I was in Hawaii, I was sober, and now I've been sober since then. Right.
1: But so you, I'm doing Like, good. I remember you were like, oh, everyone's partying, and you didn't want to, like, no. <laughs> part, you know, be tempted and stuff. No. Yeah.
0: But I feel very good.
1: So you're completely sober. Yep. Oh, that must suck.
0: No. No, I'm
1: kidding. Not it's, really. Oh,
0: I did so much drugs that it feels like I'm high now when I'm sober. Because when you do that much drugs, then, because I'm like a really, I overdo things.
1: See, that's the thing you said before. I, I do things in moderation, or I yeah. try, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I did drink like an Irishman for too long, but um, it was it never tipped over into, like, you know, affecting my, I mean, obviously... Could my career have gone better? Yes, because I probably was like a drunken idiot at parties in 1997, <laughs> like pissed off half the press or something. No. But, you know, you yeah. you, got, you got to live your life in the stages Fine. you live it at. You, you know, right. it, it's silly to look back and be like, oh, boy, I'm brooding about what a du- Yeah, you were dumber. You weren't the person you would become. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for men, that happens much later. We mm-hmm. I feel like we mature much, much, much later. Slower. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Good. All right. Well, I love seeing you.
0: I love to see you. I am
1: so flattered you'd come here and stop. I know you'd be busy and doing a million things. And so um, I hope I don't always have to work when I see you, but if so be it, we should work together on We should. I would love that. Thank you,
0: honey.
1: Thank you. Okay. Oh, the dog. I forgot about the dog. Remember her? You are so well behaved. She's incredible.